Welcome everyone to the Analytic Mind podcast by Enterprise DNA. This is a podcast which dives into a range of different ideas and tips to empowering a data-led culture within organizations. We want you to develop the analytic mind to create immense value for yourself and your teams. Okay, welcome everyone to another episode of the Analytic Mind podcast. Really excited to have here with me today, Christian Bubalo. Hopefully I've got that pronunciation right. Christian's based in Switzerland and actually works for the mothership, works within Microsoft. So really excited to dig in a little bit more into that and you know, hopefully get some insights into the excitement internally at Microsoft around what's going on with the Power Platform. So Christian, if it's all right, I'll just throw to you. Why don't you just give a bit more of an introduction and talk about some of the things that you've been doing within the Power BI space? Yeah, sure. So hi, everyone from my side as well. You pronounce it perfectly right. So Christian Bubalo is my name. As you mentioned, I'm based in Switzerland, working for Microsoft here as a so-called technical specialist intelligence, meaning I'm supporting all kind of enterprise customers when it comes to technical questions around about Power BI. Oh, yeah. And just as a note. Wow, that's Yeah, just for the next two days, because from the 1st of July, I will switch my role internally, and then I will be a cloud solution architect, meaning I will be just more a little bit technical than what I'm doing now. Interesting, interesting. You must have seen some, or had a whole variety, such a diverse range of questions that would be pretty good to cover, would be great to cover, right? Because I think that you've probably seen from start to finish, a whole range of implementations and then the questions that sort of flow on off the back of that. Is there any sort of like main big themes that you've seen in the discussions you've had with some of the enterprise clients, particularly around Power BI implementations or Power BI architecture? Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. I mean, what I have to say as well is I see a shipment from what is Power BI, what I had like three, four years ago. The conversation is moving now, as you mentioned, it's more like administration and governance and how we set Power BI right. And in the last few months, one year, one and a half years, mostly I talk about security. How can we make sure that the data is where it should be? So for example, in Switzerland, banking and financing sector, we have to make sure that the data stays in Switzerland. So this is a must. So therefore, how can we help with Power BI to ensure that? Or on the other hand, imagine you have a company with 100,000 employees. How can you manage it? How can you govern it? So it's all about scalability and making sure everyone has the right access and is unable to do what they are allowed to do, but not more. <laughs> yeah, got it. Now, your Power BI has evolved so much in this enterprise space over the last like 18 months to two years even. Initially, when you know when I first started with Power BI, there was there was basically none of these enterprise features, and I'm sure a lot of that feedback came in very very quickly. And big improvements have been made on that space. Have you seen like what do you see are some of the key attributes to making to onboarding these new features effectively within an organization? You know, from data sets, data flows, you know, all of these new things that have been added. Like, what are some of the things that businesses and business users can do collectively to utilize these great enterprise features as effectively as possible? I think one of the best things in a company can do is to have, let's call it a center of excellence. So 
responsible team, department, or even just one person, whatever, um, which will drive Power BI from an adoption point of view. So meaning every time there is something new, so there is a new kid in the block, that this responsible team will take care of it, have a look into it, and also provide some kind of, let's say, internal webinar or information, hey, or let's say for all the audience saying, hey, there is something new, this is what you can do with it, feel free to use it if you wish to do so. And what I do, for example, with one of my biggest customers is we run a monthly webinar where I present the latest and greatest, and then we have like a main topic covering whatever it should be like should it be data flow this time next time probably data marts because this is new or we're going to talk about apis or whatever suits and we invite everyone who's interested in and i think this is the best way to on one hand scale but on the other hand also inform all the people who are working with power bi uh, that there is something new and how to use it yeah nice i like that Within Enterprise DNA, we actually call our umbrella offering to corporates the center of excellence because we totally agree with that idea is that there's a lot of value in empowering the individual analyst, the individual user, but there is also a requirement to sort of have a centralized planning strategy governance type mechanism within an organization as well. You know, and I think a good term for that is center of excellence, as you say. What are like what are some other things? Is there anything else that you see a lot or is it the bulk of it sort of these enterprise type governance features? Is there any, I mean, are you dealing with formulas that aren't working or models that are broken? How does the diversity of your work look like on any one day? Yeah, so not yet, <laughs> because as a technical specialist in Microsoft is defined a pre-sales role, meaning I'm just in a pre-sales phase helping all kind of my customers has mentioned. So this means anything that has to do with some technical questions. So what is Power BI? What is Power BI Premium? How can I enable bring your own key? Stuff like this, for example. Mm -hmm. I do also run POCs with my customers, but once when it comes to implementation or really, let's call it really hands-on stuff on a production environment, this is something that I am not allowed or supposed to do. This is something that we go to to partners like Enterprise DNA, for example, mm -hmm. or the Microsoft services and hand over to it so that the partner or Microsoft services can handle it. Got it. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense. And what is it like being involved internally with Microsoft and the communication that you get around the Power Platform? Do you get sort of a heads up of the latest and greatest and some of the ideas that are flowing around about things that are coming out soon? Is it is there good commun you know good communication around that sort of stuff? So yes, and probably no at the same time, because on some features, we do get a heads up and we also get involved from the product group saying, hey, we do have something on the roadmap, which will come up, let's say in six months, but internally, we can already test it. Please give us some feedback. So the internal first feedback round is provided then from technical guys like me. But just to, to make it clear, it's not for every feature, not everything. So as an example, we knew about data marts a little bit earlier than the market, for example. But there are also stuff that even my customers knows before I do, because some customers are more engaged with the product group and they have better insights than I do sometimes. So it's not always the case, yeah, but, but in some cases, yes, we do got some insights. But 
definitely the biggest benefit of being an employee at Microsoft is to have the direct contact with the product group. Meaning if I have a question, meaning if there is some good feedback from a customer or we have some really big issues or whatever, I can always reach directly out to my product group. So guys like Adam Sexton, Patrick LeBlanc, for example, from Guy in the Cube. And this is definitely a perk working for Microsoft. Yeah, nice, nice. Like you'd have to give a lot of credit to Microsoft for listening to customers. Like they really have made all the enhancements that the bulk of customers are asking for, right? Particularly on the enterprise side. So obviously that communication link is working pretty well, or they're at least, you know, onboarding a lot of the feedback that they get and trying to prioritize the main ones they think are going to make a big impact, but also the main ones that are probably going to make more money too. So (laughs) that makes complete sense. (laughs) Now I've got a specific question for you. Mm -hmm. What is your thoughts on data marts? Like what is going on there? It's just in preview at the moment. We're fielding quite a few questions about it and really not, you know, we're not recommending it or anything, not changing our documentation that we put together just yet because it's just in preview. But what are your thoughts on it? Mm-hmm. I think we need a little bit of time to figure out where it suits perfectly fine. Because right now, from a theory point of view, I find it pretty nice. Because with data marts, you will be enabled as a let's say, power user, as a department to create, let's call it low-code SQL databases. But on the other hand, it also can be a little bit tricky because if everyone can create, so it doesn't mean that the databases or the data marts in this case will be probably managed, will be probably set up and everything behind the scene will work as expected. So just because it's a low-code, no-code variation of creating databases, it doesn't mean that everyone should be enabled to do so. And what I mean with that is, working in the BI aspects for many years right now. And everything that comes from a low-code perspective is is nice at the beginning, but then when it comes to, hey, I have some issues with performance, hey, something is not working, it's going to be a little bit tricky because once you get there, the low-code approach is not probably the best approach. This is from what I experienced so far. What I would suggest right now is, if you wish, you can test it. I mean, it's public preview, it's free to use right now, So therefore, feel free to test it. But I wouldn't bet everything right now on data marts, meaning if you have a data flow, if you have a data set that is running, up and running, and you're perfectly fine with it, I wouldn't go and change it just because it's a new kid in the block. I would have it as it is and test it, probably think of use cases where you can use it in future. But for enterprise customers, I would definitely wait for production environments until it's GA and really fully supported. Yeah, because you've got a lot of options now, right? And I think it can, like, obviously there's use cases for all of these different options, but it can get honestly like a little bit confusing. I mean, you've got data sets, data flows, soon data marts, you've got dataverse as well. And then you've got, you know, your, your SQL database and all of that. Like, I do feel, you know, th- there is obviously a reason why, and there's probably from feedback and things like that, why they're doing this. But do you think, do you, can you appreciate that there can be a little confusion? I mean, you, you probably feel a, a few calls like that, right? Yes, definitely. And I mean, my answer is more or less always the same. It's like, it's the good and the bad at the same time. Because on one hand, you have all the choices and can really choose what suits you best. But on the other hand, it can be confusing choosing from all these options because probably, on, and this is what I can totally understand as a customer, I just wish to have like one choice or Microsoft telling me this is the best way to go, please go this way. And sometimes it's just not that easy. And 
I mean, there are differences between data flows, data sets, data marts, or even dataverse. And every one of these, let's call it features or solutions has, of course, some benefits. But I think customers or everyone who wants to use it has to be informed what are the differences, where are the limits, and what kind of use case you can cover with what kind of feature, let's say. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice. And so you're moving to be a cloud architect. Cloud solution architect is the term. Cloud solutions architect. Yes. <laughs> yeah, nice. And so maybe explain a little bit about what's involved in that sort of role. Sure. In contrast to what you're doing now. Sure. So as a technical specialist, what I'm doing right now, as mentioned, it's a pre-sales role. And as a cloud solution architect, I'm moving into a post-sales role, meaning I'm helping more with the adoption of services that customers has already bought. And I'm then really doing more hands-on as well. And right now, as a technical specialist, I'm covering, let's say, only Power BI. And as a cloud solution architect, I will still focusing on Power BI, but also doing some Azure signups and Azure purview topics. Right. Nice. What about other Power Platform tools like Power Apps and Power Automate and some of the other ones uh, that are coming, that are maturing, I would say? <laughs> so internally... We have a split between, let's say, Power BI and the rest of the Power Platform. So Power BI sits from an organizational point of view in the modern work team. Modern works means like teams and security and endpoint and Power BI. And the rest of the Power Platform is sitting in the BizApps team. BizApps team is Dynamics, Dynamics 365, and Power Apps, Power Automate, and Power Virtual Agent. So there is a little bit a split, even if we say Power Platform as one. But honestly speaking, even if we look a little bit behind the scene, it's not really one platform. Because just purely from a governance or administration point of view, there are some things that are already covered from one administration site like the gateway for example but everything else is separated so if you wish to administer power bi you have a power bi admin tenant or admin settings and you do it separately comparing it to power apps for example so and probably to answer the question then from a csa point of view i will not really cover power apps and all the other stuff from power platform this is done by bizeps team but nevertheless i'm still have some know-how about it because I got a lot of questions, for example, can we do write-back from Power BI? And this is purely with Power BI not possible, but if we integrate it with Power Apps, then you, you have a way to write back to your data. So therefore, I have as well some, some know-how there. Yeah, right. Nice, nice. And so when in this cloud solution architect role, are you... Like when you hear that term, you're thinking, okay, you're you're creating sort of an architectural diagram of what's going on in the cloud, or are you actually getting your hands into it and actually helping set up things in Azure and gateways and Power BI setups, et cetera, as well? It's really about showing and discussing architecture with my customers and based on the requirements, telling them, look, this is what I would suggest you. This is what I would I go for. And on top, because it's a post-sales role, also helping then the customers. There will still be a little bit of difference between helping customers in a test environment and production environment, because production environment is still covered by Microsoft services and partners. But everything before, let's say, this is something that as a CSA cloud solution architect, I can do then. Nice, nice. And so just switching a little bit, 
Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that have really excited you about what Microsoft have been doing with Power BI, like personally or or just with discussions within your team, even discussion with your customers? Like what are the exciting things that have been happening recently and that you personally like? Mm-hmm. So there are a few things. One of the most things that excite me is, as you mentioned it, we are listening to the customers and to the feedback that we got. And I think Power BI is the first Microsoft product that we really have like a monthly update cycle that we have ideas website where people can post ideas and votes for it, where we really have some more or less direct customer feedback to the product group implementing the new features based on this feedback from customers. And as mentioned, as far as I know, this is one of the first services, first products that we really implemented such kind of a feedback loop. And based on this feedback loop, all the features that we are implementing, I mean, in the last, yeah, you, you mentioned also like in the last 18 months, we, we implemented hybrid tables, we implemented direct query possibility with tabular models, so analyze services and the data sets. We also opened up XML endpoint. We have Power BI REST API. So there are a lot of things where we really see we want to enable everyone to work with it, not only from a reporting point of view, so not only for end users to create reports, but also from an enterprise point of view, um, talking about scalability, talking about administration, governance, and everything that has to do with it. And this is what amazes me a lot. And even when we get some monthly updates and when I watch the videos explaining what kind of updates we have, I'm sometimes surprised how many features we've implemented in just a month and what kind of features we have implemented. Yeah, I mean, you think about you know, some of these features, I mean, they're not small things like the actual development and behind the scenes to have it seamlessly work within everything else that's going on with Power BI must be you know, a real technical challenge. How big is the team that works on this stuff? Like, do you have much insight into that? Unfortunately not. I know there are a few people, of course, working on it, but I really don't have insights how many people we have. But what I can tell is we are hiring since like half year and I see every month internal communication like, hey, we have like five new people. Hey, we have like four new people again. So the team is raising. <laughs> like in development roles or like product roles or just across the board? I mean, it's more or less everything from product management to developers to really like more or less everything. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, you can see, like, I remember looking at a, a chart of builds. I think Satya Mandela put up a chart just of like the trajectory of power apps, like usage. And it was literally like exponential. So uh, like, you'd have to think that Power BI is, is kind of similar. And I mean, like, anecdotally we can see that as well like just the searches on our website the people we're talking to the customers we have like it's all growing right like it's it's a really big wave to be on isn't it it's really really amazing how it's evolved over the last six or seven years from its first iteration in its re-released form yeah definitely and i mean we have to be honest at the beginning once it, it was announced i think it was 2015 it was a let's say a nice clicky reporting tool but i remember in the first conference when it was announced one of the first questions i had was like can i change the color from a bar chart and the answer was like not yet and i mean if you think about it how far we get from this point it's really amazing because yeah as mentioned, like six, seven years ago, it was more like clicky tool, not really enterprise ready, just for end users to, let's say, play around with it. And then like four years ago, we started with really enterprise readiness. And I would say things 
three good years, we're really there having an enterprise-ready solution, not only for end users, but as well for administration and yeah, everything around that has to do with BI tool, which, yeah, with a BI tool. I have to laugh at the colors. I mean, I remember having to cut, change like every individual color in my theme for about two and a half years. It was, <laughs> oh my God, it was just driving me insane. And then finally we got a theme, which was very, it had very, you couldn't really do too much. Like the theming has improved a lot of late. I think it can honestly be improved more, but it's improved a lot. I mean, that's just, just one aspect of just many. But you always, I think like from the early days, like you could always have a good bet that Microsoft were going to be big in this space, right? Like they wanted to win and they were going to invest until they won it, basically. Like it was just going to be such a crucial part. Like the, I remember, I think, one of the senior executives at Microsoft said that Power BI was the tip of the spear of everything in Azure, basically. And I was like, okay, well, they're going to do absolutely everything to win, right? Like Azure is their, you know, is their sort of going to be their cash cow for the next like 20 years. So, so yeah, like I think it was a, a pretty big bet and, and they've, they've doubled down on it for sure, because you can just see, you know, that they're, they're basically covering every use case you could ever imagine around like embedding a data culture within your organization. Yes, definitely. And I mean, Power BI is also a thankful tool, especially as a seller, because you can show just in a few minutes how it can look like, how can our report look like. And because it's visual, you can really imagine it. And then from Power BI, you can talk about so many different things. So for example, security, how can you secure your data? So you, you are then talking about security in general, as mentioned, bring your own key, for example, Azure additional uh, con um <laughs> AAD conditional access, Azure Active Directory conditional access. So, or you're going to talk about data platforms. So, how is your data stored? Do you need to optimize it? So, we have Azure Synapse, for example, or governance. Where is my data coming from? You have to have a lineage view, for example, or, or data masking. So, you talk about Azure Purview. And these are all the topics that you can just purely talk coming from Power BI. Yeah. And this is the beauty of it. And I absolutely agree. We really do invest a lot in Power BI, but we also see a lot of usage and, and growth within the Power BI space. Yeah. And I think you're, you're, you're like a really good examples of sort of the backend stuff, but even sort of the front-end integrations, I'm loving like what's been happening there. Like, you know, my team lives in Microsoft Teams, for example, just like probably like all Office 365 users are using it similarly. And the fact that you can jump into Power BI, you can jump into specific Power Apps all within that one system is huge, right? And then also recently the PowerPoint integration, I'm sure there's going to be more integration into Outlook coming soon. You know, all of that stuff is super exciting up and down the stack, right? So I always thought this, it's truly like, it is kind of unbeatable in terms of like how embedded it can be within your daily workflow. And I think that's a huge selling point not only use Power BI, but also just optimize Power BI, right? Like if you've got an Office 365 tenant is trying to optimize your implementation so you can get like the most out of it and be really far more immersed in your data. Yeah, definitely. And I love as well the PowerPoint integration because previously, if you wish to integrate in PowerPoint, you will always have, let's say, a screenshot or a picture of your report, which is not so nice, meaning... Power BI is here for a dynamic approach. So you wish to have a click and a filter right away. And now you can do so in PowerPoint. So pretty nice. Yeah, I think it's a good start. Like some of the things, and it'll be interesting to see what you think about like where things are going. But one of the things that I, you know, I, I'm really excited like to hopefully see around more integrations is just, you know, being able to utilize individual elements within a Power BI report, like a visualization, and being able to repurpose that in 
a website or in an email or in a Microsoft Teams chat to just be able to call upon those individual elements a lot quicker. And, you know, you'd have to think that's the way that things are going. Like these are just some of the early steps in that roadmap. But, you know, that's going to be quite even more like that's going to be pretty transformational, right? Your Power BI online services is really your, your analytics engine basically right and then you can get elements of it wherever you are at you know on your phone even maybe like as a text message or something i, I don't know like that's just you know highly level thinking but you know what do you think about that is that do you think that that is you know that is in the vision the vision of what power bi can become yes i think so especially if you think about let's say more or less future stuff like hololens i know power bi is already integrated in hololens but i can imagine that you also can have like your phone and let's say through your camera off the phone have a vr environment and within there you can then pin your dashboard wherever you you wish to pin it and then you can just look through your camera and have the report on there i'm sure such things will come and as you mentioned having just some elements that you can pin out easily and embed it somewhere. I think these are the stuff that should also be available soon. Not telling that we're working on it. I really don't know it, but I'm expecting it because I see where we are going with the embedded stuff. I mean, we can embed it like more or less everywhere in the office space just by two, three clicks. And if you work with Power BI embedded and you're a developer, you can even embed it in your own environment or own portal, wherever you wish. Yes, there is possible then to to embed just one visual, but as mentioned, you have to be then a developer and it's not that easy to to embed it in Teams, in PowerPoint or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think that if I can sort of no-code or low-code that aspect of things, I think that would be another killer application for sure. You mentioned Power BI Embedded. I'm interested. Is there Has there been a, a wide adoption of Power BI Embedded? Like, have you seen a diverse range of use cases for that solution? Mm-hmm. More and more. At the beginning, when I started at Microsoft, I've been working now four years at Microsoft, there has been just a few questions about Power BI Embedded. I would say probably once a month, once every two months. But right now, we got more and more questions. It's for sure once a week or once every few days where I got some questions about Power BI. Hey, how can we do so? Hey, how can we do that? And what I love about this is that the if you're not so familiar with Power BI, you will not tell at the end that is Power BI behind because it's really integrated in your own portal, in your own website, wherever it is. And you have this dynamic approach, of course, with Power BI, as you know, but it's in such a way integrated that it, it really feels seamless integration into your website. Mm. Yeah, nice, nice. And like, what are some examples of apps or industries where you've seen that these have been quite well used one customer of mine is integrated into his own portal and he's managing airports around the world so meaning let's say you are u.s airways or whatever and you as a customer of u.s airways you wish to see where your baggage is so you can log into the website and have a power bi report showing you hey your current status is you checked in your bag the next step is it will be on the flight number, blah, blah, blah. And then it will go to your destination and then you will drop it off there. And this is visually done with Power BI. And obviously, because the customer of mine managing different kind of companies, 
They have to scale on one hand. They have to talk about security, meaning U.S. Airways cannot see American Airlines, for example. And obviously, each customer can only see his own data. And so how can you manage that? How can you make it easy and, as mentioned, scalable for my customer to make it as easy as possible? Yeah, I love that use case because, you know, instead of say you got like 20 customers, you know, you don't want to have to be managing 20 different reports, right? Like you just want to have this one master report linked up to the data source. And then when someone logs in, they've got that security overlay that automatically filters the report for them, right? And so that to me is a brilliant example of like how Power BI Embedded can be used uh, really, really well. I like it. I like it. I like it. It's not something that that enterprise DNA we've, we've really got into it in any depth, but yeah, I think it's maybe because our customers haven't really used it that much in the past, but that's it's quite exciting about how that's matured as well. Mm-hmm. I remember early on, I think the pricing model changed about three or four times uh, with Power BI Embedded, which kind of put me off it a little bit, but maybe that's settled now. So so it's a lot easier to understand and, and I guess manage your, your, your budgets um, around. Yes. I, I mean, talking about licensing, I know Microsoft has some let's say, adventures with licensing, especially with, with other spaces. But personally, I think Power BI is, is really an easy licensing model comparing it to, to other stuff. I mean, you can have a pro license and go with it. We have premium, we have Power BI embedded, and there is not much more. And if I compare it, for example, with, I don't know, with Dynamics, where you have like 100 different licenses, and depending on which kind of license you have, you have different kind of limitations, it's going to get complicated pretty fast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, I, 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 I definitely can't disagree with that. I, I think, yeah, on the whole, right? Like, if you're a you know, organization of any size, the fact I've always thought is the fact that you can get access to basically, you know, every big feature in Power BI to get you creating more immersion in your data with just like some ten dollar a month or twelve dollar a month like license. I mean, it's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous how cheap it is. Yeah, obviously, as you sort of move up the scale to a much bigger deployment, there's a lot of additional features and maybe costs involved there. But, you know, if you're a small business with five to 10 users, I mean, you're literally, and and you can get everyone upskilled on how to actually use it. I mean, your expense line is like under $200 a month, like for this amazing tool. It's just crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) So, Tell me about a little bit more about what you do in the community. So you've got sort of the, the Power BI user group in the background there. So I'm interested to know how involved you are there and the things that you like doing within the community. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, I love the community stuff because I'm all about sharing is caring. And through the community, this is what I can achieve at the end. And probably if you can see it in my background, I have the Power BI user group in Switzerland. I'm leading it together with my colleague of mine, Dennis. And this is the biggest user group for Power BI here in Switzerland with 1,600, 600-ish people. And what we do is we run on a monthly basis every first Thursday of the month from 4 to 6 p.m. Swiss time, this community. And in the beginning, I'm always talking about the latest and greatest about Power BI. And then we try to invite at least one or two external speakers. So when I say external, I mean no Microsoft is, <laughs> uh, to talk about Power BI related stuff. And this could be anything. So from, I don't know, Zebra BI, for example, they explained their visual or we have some use cases so customers coming to the user group showing them what they have achieved with power bi i don't know so anything power bi related and i know in september if i'm not wrong we'll have someone talking about custom visuals 
what is the road to certify a visual. So really interesting from my point of view and really different aspects. And what I do is I invite all customers, all partners, all enthusiasts, whoever wish to join to the community as well, because it's open, it's free, and you can really learn a lot. And one of the biggest achievements I have to say is what we did because of the community is the so-called Power BI Championship. We just finished it like two weeks ago. No, one week ago, sorry. And the championship was all about the community itself. So giving something back. And the main idea was to provide a challenge for the whole community, same challenge. And every one of them who wished to participate had to create a report on top. And then the three of us within Microsoft, so me and then two other colleagues, we rated all the solutions, which was pretty, pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the end, there was a winner. And yeah, he's now, or, or the team is now the champion of Power BI in Switzerland. And the feedback was awesome. <laughs> yeah, and the feedback was really awesome. And I hope we can redo that again next year. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I actually think I might have seen a previous iteration. Have you done it before? Or was that the first one? Yeah, I have to give kudos to my Danish team because the team in Denmark, they invented the Power BI Championship last year. Yeah, right. And internally, they pitched it in an internal call. And I liked the idea pretty much. So I tried to replicate it here in Switzerland as well. Yeah, nice. Like we run some challenges at Enterprise DNA for our community and we we see it as sort of like the ultimate project-based learning experience. And it's so good to just test out a whole range of new features or techniques that you've been learning, but also see and learn from others, like get inspired by what others are doing. And so I imagine that that was a sort of similar scenario to what you guys had. Yes, definitely. I mean, what amazed me is or are two things. First of all, uh, the creativity of each team and each individual because everyone had more or less the same challenge but we got so many different kind of reports so many kind so many different kind of solutions and different ways to achieve it it, it was just unbelievable and the other thing that amazed me was how quick it was because we gave them just 5 days mm. And within five days, they had to create a data model. They could enhance the data model with some other open data if they wish to do so and create on top a report. And it was really, really great to see what kind of reports and solutions they, they had created. And for those who are interested in, I, I created a blog post about it and shared the top 10 PBIX files on power, uh, pbiguyblog.com. Feel free to go out there and Yes, and, and search it. No, I haven't in my background, but it's pbiguyblog.com. And the first post you see is now about the Power BI Championship. Cool. So pbiblog.com. No, pbiguyblog. PBI. Or uh, give, give me a second. You can also go to aka.ms slash pbiguyblog. And this is also an aka link to redirect and to my blog. I'm just having a look because I'm, I'm keen to see. Oh, it's on LinkedIn. Okay, cool. That's really cool. And if you don't, like, what was the scenario? What was the scenario that you worked through? Mm -hmm. We had two data sets. One was about Swiss rental prices in, yeah, in Switzerland, obviously. So by apartment size, by number of rooms, divided by canton. Canton is like yeah, each, each county in Switzerland. And the other scenario was an open data set coming from WHO. 
about alcohol consumption and so, some other stuff where people could choose from. So they could, they could choose between the rental prices or the WHO data set. And they had the choice to add on more data sets if they wish to do so to enhance the data model and to enhance the report experience at the end. And mm-hmm. we decided to just give them the data set with no business case, with no you know framework or whatever. We've been there like, hey, here it is. Build whatever you wish. And amazing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. What we did is we tried to score at the end each solution as objective as possible. So we had some different kinds of categories. For example, how is the data model? How is the layout? What kind of features have been used? Is there a mobile layout behind? So everything more or less Power BI related. And then we rated it from 1 to 10. And each category had his own weighting. And based on that, you had then at the end a ranking. And to make it even more complicated and more objective, based on the first ranking, we invited the top 10 to the finals. And the top 10 had then to do a LinkedIn post to get some likes and social media boost. Uh, because we're here like, even if you have the best Power BI report in the world, if people do not like it, it's going to be hard that people are going to use it and you could not sell it. So this is the main idea behind the LinkedIn post. And each individual and each team had also to do a live demo in front of us, presenting their solution in just 10 minutes. So you have to be quick on the point to say why your solutions are good and why should we invest in your solution at the end. And mm-hmm. everything was also then weighted and uh, was a part of the total score at the end. Mm. Nice. No, that's, that sounds really comprehensive in terms of a championship. I like it. The live demonstration, the, the live selling of your products are a really good idea as well. Yeah. What were some of the key attributes to the best reports that you saw? What did you, like, was it the design? Was it the analysis? Was it the story? Mm-hmm. What was, what, what do you like? Cause we've run a lot of challenges. I think we've run over 20 and we we've sort of come up with some best practices, but I'm I'm interested to know if they align with what you learned from mm-hmm. Mark or like scoring all of these reports. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, from a layer perspective, it's pretty obvious that you have some things that that you like or don't like. So therefore, it's it, it's not always easy to say this is the best layout because it's really a little bit depending as well on the audience and on the people who are looking at the report. And that's also the reason why there are three of us in the jury to make sure it's not just one judge and one preference. And what we saw is a nice and clean layout is the best way to go. So not to have like 20 visuals on one page, probably it's better to have like a navigation and have multiple pages split up with just a few visuals on each page. Mm. Talking about the backend, so the data model, what I saw as well is we have to teach a little bit more about best practices. So for example, to parameterize data sources or to really set up the data types for each column, to get rid of columns that you do not use in your data model or to to set a filter. If you just using data, let's say from 2015 onwards, you don't need the rest of the data. So filter it out in the Power Query. Stuff like this can really improve your your data model and improve your, your performance of the report in general. And when it comes to scoring, and this is what I mentioned in the finals as well, just because someone is not in the top three, for example, it doesn't mean the report is bad. 
In contrary, all the reports have been all really, really great. And even some reports just didn't make it to the top 10 because of small details. So for example, someone had a great report, but the data model was really bad. So like uh, didn't set up the data types and stuff like that. And this mm -hmm. is what we mentioned during the finals. Like we really looked at everything, meaning is the mobile layout okay? So not can I access it through my mobile phone? Is the data set okay? Did you follow best practices? If so, how is the relationship model? If you use DACs, how well have you documented your DACs? Because just because you have DACs, it doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> and stuff like this uh, made all life really hard to, to judge and score at the end. But I think the learning experience for every one of us, so not only for the jury, but also for the community who participated has been immense because everyone presented their solution. And this is where the magic happens. Everyone in the room was like, oh, this is a nice idea. Oh, I haven't thought about it. This is something I'm going to use probably in my next report. And then after the championship, we, we had like a more or less an upper row. Everyone chit chested with each other. How did you do that? How did you do this? And this is the beauty of a community to to really share and grow together. Yeah, I totally agree. Like in terms of a learning experience, like that challenge environment that we we put on very similar to what you're you're outlining is one of the best learning experiences because you can actually just very quickly see in real like in a real application of like how some of these great techniques can be utilized, particularly around navigations, bookmarks, selections custom visuals or charticulator, DNAB visuals, like you know, all of these, all of these great little things that, you know, aren't immediately obvious. Like you can really, really learn these techniques and then do a little bit of a more of a deep dive. And then, you know, or very soon you've got those skills as well. The practical application of it is, is such a, a key part of quality and effective learning, I think. Definitely, yes. And I mean, just to point one solution out, which I also never thought about is they created one page, but one big page where you have to scroll down. And while yeah. scrolling, you have like a path which you have to follow. And they used field parameters on the way where you can put in like, I wish to have a room or an apartment with four rooms. So you can put in four. Then you scroll further down and then you can say, okay, my budget is like, whatever, 2000 francs or whatever it was, then you can further scroll down. And at the end of your path, you have then like a, a, a map where they suggest to look for an apartment based on your parameters given. And this is also a nice way, which I never thought about is, it's, it's like an application. It's not really a report. It's really like an application where you can put in some data, scrolling down, and then you have a suggestion at the end. Yeah, no, look, funny you say that because my whole philosophy on building Power BI reports is I've got this sort of term of application-like report development. That's sort of my my way I like to think about report development because, you know, I think you've got to think bigger than just a recreating a PowerPoint report inside of Power BI now. Like you actually want to build a reporting application, something that's sort of like application-like. The one you've described is, that sounds very creative, but there's, you know, a diverse range of iterations that you could do off that just with really quality navigation, good theming, good grid patterns, good alignment in your visuals uh, within grid patterns. There's clear visuals, clear titles. You know, these are some, some key things that are very easy to implement in a workflow of developing a Power BI report. And then very quickly, you've got an application. You've got a fantastic application that, that feels like you're, you're in some sort of like web-based app. Like it, it really, it really does feel that way. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's something that we really promote. And, and I think it's, um, was it sounds like it was highlighted in what you guys did as well. Yes, yes. And talking about application, it, it's funny because I had a partner who was just 
created a, uh, a few years ago and they haven't built a website from the beginning. And what they did is they created a Power BI report and used the published web feature. And they just bought in the domain and made a redirection to the Power BI URL, which was also a nice idea. <laughs> so you have, a, you have a website, which is more or less a Power BI report. <laughs> They actually had the domain, but they redirected it. The domain, that's, that's so funny because the, the links in the published web, they're enormous. Like, yes, they go across your entire URL uh, text bar, right? So, but that is, that is actually seriously good idea. Like, so, yeah. so you could actually create sort of like, uh, you could create a web based application. I mean, it would be public, obviously, but you would direct people to it via. A proper URL through a redirect. That's that's yeah. smart. I, I like it. I like yeah, it. I've never me heard too. It. I, I loved it, and it's free. The only thing you have to to buy is the domain. But that's obvious. If you if you need a website, it's it's also a good idea to have a domain. And yeah, you can build your own website with a Power BI report and use the free published web feature. <laughs> Here is a big tip: if you are listening and you're looking for a job, if you want to impress someone with your Power BI skills, I would do exactly that, right? I would build a Power BI, I would build my CV probably in Power BI and I would link it to some URL with my name and redirect it. And then someone, if they were looking me up, would be able to see all of my details and experience and skills like in a, in a Power BI report, just like that. I mean, that is sort of out, out of the box a little bit, but you know, if you want to, you, you want to get a job with Power BI, um, uh, a, high, a, a well-paying one, like that's a really smart idea. Yeah, definitely. Yes. <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, yeah, look, I, I really, I really enjoyed diving into, into that championship that, 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 that you put together. That's a, a really good idea. And look, and, 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 you know, we've had similar ideas in terms of, you know, this is some good, good learning experience, good way to sort of uh, give back to the community and, and, inv- and involve the community in something um, collective that, uh, that everyone can learn from. So, so, so nice work, nice work on, uh, on that. Is there any, um, look, we're, we're, I think we're sort of getting to the end here. Um, really enjoyed our, our chat and uh, it's very early for Christian in, in the morning. So I mentioned this before we got on, but um, you know, thanks. Uh, thanks for taking, taking this call early in your day. Is there anything else like you're excited about or like um, that you, do you think would be worth mentioning about, you know, what you've done, what you're doing? Maybe a little bit about your Power BI guy, a logo, and, and, and you know, or, or what what you're doing there. Sure, I mean personally, I, I started a blog as, as mentioned, like what is it, half year ago, one year ago, not not pretty sure, and. My main idea is not to blog about uh, things that you probably don't know because it's going to be hard to find something that the whole world doesn't know. <laughs> the blog is more for myself for like a documentation process. So everything that I have seen and done, which is worth sharing, uh, I think, and worth keeping it somewhere, this is what I'm going to post about it on my blog. And I can encourage everyone who works with Power BI to do the same and try to to blog about it because sometimes just because you know it and just because you think everyone knows it, it's not the case. So therefore, even the small things like how to create tooltips or how to create, I don't know, bookmarks or whatever, it could be helpful to blog about it if you have a way to show others how you did it because it could be different from what others have seen. It could be different from what we see in the documentation. So this is something that I could encourage everyone to do and yeah, to blog about your experience. And on top, if you're new to Power BI, what I can also encourage you to do is go to Microsoft Learn, 
go to Power BI dashboard in a day workshops and start really doing hands-on stuff because it's easy to start with. It's easy to learn. But if you wish to be a professional, let's say, an enhanced user, there is a little bit a hard way because you would need to know about data analytics, about data modeling and stuff like that. But I'm sure if you're keen to learn, it's pretty easy and it's awesome to learn. Yeah. And look, I'd, I'd have to plug Enterprise DNA's free uh, beginning content as well. But then if you want to you know, get really serious, we've obviously got our membership platform or COE platform for corporates as well. And, and so where can people find you if they want to they reach out or if they want to get to know you a little bit better? Where, what, what's the best way? Easiest way is, is through LinkedIn or through through the redirection to my LinkedIn profile is aka.ms slash PBI guy, and you will be redirected directly to my LinkedIn profile. I think that's the easiest way. Feel free to reach out to me. I hope I will not get 1 million messages like in the upcoming days, but <laughs> uh, I I promise I try to answer all kinds of questions. And this is also what I experienced through my blog. People are writing me with some with some questions they had or they, they have some issues. And I, I try to answer all of them. I can promise to do it right away or within a day or two, but at least I, I keep it on my on my backlog, let's say, and, and for sure I'm gonna answer you. Nice one, nice one. Well, yeah. and it's great to, you know, you seem like super, super committed to, to helping a lot of people out in the community out. So it's, it's awesome to be connected and, and really appreciate all the stuff you're doing there. So look, why don't we round off? I think we've had a gr- really great conversation, really appreciated all your insights and, and all of your thoughts. Uh, yeah, some, some really, uh, it's, good, it's, it's good to hear from someone within the, the mothership, you know, and hear some of the thoughts and insights from uh, your experiences within there. So re- really, really appreciate it, Christian. Just to round off for, for everyone, thanks for tuning in. And uh, don't forget to subscribe on your or favorite listening channel. Uh, we also put this recordings up on our YouTube channel, the Enterprise DNA YouTube channel as well. Got a bit of a back catalog at the moment. So uh, this might come out a little bit later than uh, the podcast version. But yeah, look forward to hearing all your feedback. And once again, thank you, Christian, for, for joining me today. Um, really, really enjoyed it. Sure. Thank you from my side as well. Much appreciated and hope to be your guest pretty soon as well. <laughs> or again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. I can definitely see, uh, particularly as your role evolves uh, at Microsoft, we will definitely enjoy chatting again. I, I can, yeah. I can definitely see that. Would love so. We will circle back sometime in the future. Okay, everyone, let's round off this one. Thanks, Christian. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. It's great to be connected, and I hope you are enjoying the content we're creating through the Analytic Mind podcast. If you enjoyed this session, make sure to subscribe to the podcast to get notified of each episode as we release them. If you want to learn more about Enterprise DNA and the many initiatives we're working on, check out www.enterprisedna.co. There, we have a range of resources to download events to attend, and information to explore. We're leading the charge around this new paradigm we're living in, where tools like Power BI can literally change how an organization manages, analyzes, and distributes insights that can make an impact. It's an exciting moment in the analytics space. So glad that you're on this journey with us. 
Take care.